Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining up on Remnant Podcast with your very own Sister Jackie Wade. And tonight, we are going to be discussing what is God's purpose for your life and how to find it. What is God's purpose for your life and how to find it? I want to thank you for joining me this evening on the Remnant Podcast. We truly count it a blessing that you take are taking this time out of your day to listen prayerfully this will bless you this will enhance something on the inside of you that god is trying to move further for his kingdom and for his glory within you and we just want to give him all the praise the honor and the glory for what he's doing Um, before we get started i do want to open up with the word of prayer that our hearts and minds will be clear and that we can now start to set our hearts and our minds exactly on what he's trying to do this evening So let's pray. Father God, we come before you this evening thanking you for yet another day, for this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we don't take for granted that you allowed us to see another day, that we have breath in our bodies, God, and that we can, Lord God, come to your throne, Lord God, that we may obtain mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for being loving for us. We thank you that you are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shalom. We thank you for our peace, Lord. We thank you for the joy that you provide to us each and every day. Lord, we don't take for granted the blood that covers our lives. And we thank you now, God, that as our hearts and minds are clear to think on those things, God, that you will allow us to think on and hear for our our hearts to be uh, uplifted and, and perfected for you, God. We uh, thank you and we give you glory for it now. Lord, I ask that you would anoint my mouth, that you would anoint your words that will flow out of my mouth, God. We say, Holy Spirit, be on this podcast with us tonight. And Father, we be so faithful to give your name all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining. So we are going to jump right in into what is God's purpose for your life and how to find it. Uh, I do know that there's times when we may feel like waking up um, is purposeless. We may feel like it's incredibly frustrating when you do not know. of us seems to think that because we see others preaching and teaching and uh, praying and, and they're so effective that um, God doesn't want this for our lives. And that is the trick of the enemy. Um, God has a purpose for each and every person that he has allowed to uh, come on this earth. And so I want to encourage you tonight, first of all, to cast down that thought because that thought is not of God. Um, he has a purpose for each and every one of us. And so when you look around and you see your friends and your co-workers and these people are living seem to have these rewarding jobs. They're making six and seven figures and they're living in these homes and they're serving God and they're traveling the world and they have a sense of direction that compels them to hop out of bed each morning with a spring in their step. Just know they weren't where you are. Just know they had to do and ask the same exact question. God, what is the purpose for my life? God has no respect of person. And so we need to understand that the same way you may see these other individuals is the same way 
they had to come to him as well. Now, the difference is the submission and the difference is the willingness to want to be used by him. Um, now, that is one of the biggest areas where you find that people will not uh, submit. They will not uh, bring themselves to come out of those old traditions, come out of their mindsets, come out of the sense of comfort, wanting to just uh, watch TV, wanting to just eat, wanting to just do things that bring joy to them. But they know that they're missing this other part of satisfaction, which when you get that other part, which is his purpose, and you walk in it, it actually makes all of these other things so much better. So although it may appear that people are uh, having so much more, if you're not in that purpose that God has called you for, you're really not truthfully enjoying all of these other things till its fullest potential. Because we got to remember, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts is above how we think and what he wants to do in and through us for his glory. So you know that God has something in store for you, right? You know that. You got to know that in your heart. You don't believe he intends for you to live a, a life of painful drudgery in which every day is like a total drag, right? You know that. I know you guys do. But at the same time, it's this question. But after all, the Bible is full of passages about joy. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that. That is, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not could be our strength. Not may be our strength. The joy of the Lord is. That's definite. There's joy in the Lord. There's joy in the Lord. But there requires something to get in the Lord. <laughs> Right. So we got to be mindful of that. We're going to touch on these six signs that you may not be living in God's purpose. Uh, I want you to know also that um, even when you're living in God's purpose, I don't want to give you this this picture like everything is perfect because there will be times when things may seem like a circus. There may, there will be times when um you may have an over, well, overall sense of gladness, and we will always have his joy with us regardless, but you will have those times when there is challenges. But Psalm 63, 7, David says something like this, For you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Now, how can you get to that place, right? Where instead of wandering aimlessly through life, you're actually singing for joy. Or just making a joyful noise if you're not, you know, singing. You're not that tight. Um, but how do you get to that place? So we first want to talk about some key signs that you may not be living in the fullness of God's purpose for your life, for you. And then we'll we'll give some um, talk about the key suggestions for how to be how to begin start starting to live a meaningful, enthusiastic, and joyful life. Okay. So again, I want to thank you all for joining me. Um, and then we're going to jump right into this. I want to read Psalms 138 and 8. It says, um, in the English Standard Version, it says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. Be mindful that this verse tells us that God has a purpose for our lives and he will accomplish it. Just remember that. 
Psalms 138.8. So as we get into this lesson here, let's talk about the six signs um, that we may not be living in God's purpose. Um, we may need to look at one caveat, 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 which is um, in one sense, you're always living in God's purpose. Okay. God is God and he works all things, including your life, according to his purposes. So nothing can happen without God ordaining it. Right. When you're in his in his will, nothing can happen without God ordaining and ordaining it. Psalms 57 two says, I cry out to the most to God, most high to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And the key um, in, in understanding God's purpose for your life is this right here. I cry out to God most high. It has to be a cry out to God who fulfills his purpose. He will fulfill every purpose he has for you if you let him. Okay. There has to be a submission. So we got to remember as well that our choices and actions also really matters. In some ways, this is a mystery we can't fully understand, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. We can choose to do things that will bring us more joy and give us more of a sense of purpose. Right. And that's where we're going to head, go into next. We want to look, we want to help you to identify these choices that you can make to bring more excitement and God-given purpose into your life. But first, here are six signs that you may not have much purpose in your life. The first one is we just blatantly living in sin. Okay. This is, this, this is a rocket science here. This people of God, this is simple. If we're living in sin, that's a sign that we do not have much purpose in our life. If we're lying, cheating, stealing, a backbiting, gossiping, killing, destroying, just doing things we know God's word says, and we don't have to be all deep in, her in, in, in hermeneutics and theology to understand sin. A lot of us know sin. If you kill somebody, that's a sin. If you curse somebody, that's a sin. If you're dealing in witchcraft, that's a sin. Controlling is a sin. If we're controlling, trying to control people and, 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 and we got these devices and, and we conjuring up thoughts and things and how to make our husband or our children do what we want them to do, that's a sin. That is a spirit of Jezebel. So we got to remember that um, if we're blatantly not living the word of God in our lives, um, then God's purpose will certainly, um, we'll be walking around aimlessly. We'll just be going around in a, in a circle and at some point, I don't know if you ever noticed, but do you ever get tired of seeing everybody living out their purpose and you just sitting there not doing anything new, not challenging yourself to more? We challenge ourselves when we go to college. We challenge ourselves when we go to school. We challenge ourselves when we go to work. We're constantly trying to prove to our bosses, I want this raise. We're con constantly trying to prove something to show that we're worthy of a cause. But where are we proving to God that we're worthy? When do that when when does that desire come forth in us? And tonight I'm glad you asked because if you joined into this podcast, evidently you want to know what is God's purpose for your life because you're tired of going in that circle. Amen. And so I was there at one time. I don't want to judge anyone. I was there as well because I knew God had more for me. I knew that there was more. He was calling for me, and there's always more. 
we've never we'll never arrive arrive there's always more but our choices matter our choices matter we gotta make a decision am i really going to live for god for people say for god i live for god i die but it's his purpose being manifested in your life because when there's purpose his purpose there's a joy that comes with it there's a there's a i don't care what you do there's a joy there's a joy I promise you, because he'll reveal that joy to you. And even when it's rough and tough, you know that you've experienced some different type of joy and you don't want it to leave. Okay. And so even in that rough time, you know that if I just hold on, if I just endure, guess what? Joy coming in the morning. His word is true. He's not a liar. He's not a liar. He's not a man that he shall lie. And so we have to remember that. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and that purpose gives us joy. That's where we get to see a whole lot of things in our life. So we know if we blatantly live in sin, that is taking us away from our purpose. If we lack joy and excitement, that's a sign that we're not fully in our purpose. If you wake up every day with apathy or dread or total boredom, you're probably not doing what you were meant to do because God has uniquely created us. He has really given us things and plant things out for us. And one of the fruits of the spirit, again, is joy. Galatians 5.22. So surely there will be difficult things you will encounter that will require patience and persistence. But overall, you're going to have a sense of joy and excitement that fills your days. It's going to fill your work. It's going to even it's going to fill your relationships. You're going to start to see it and feel it. As you grow and move into those things that is um he's calling you to that you're you're pressing into him. Now he's wanna he wanna press. He said, if you abide in me, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask what you will, right? And so that's that there's that abiding. That it's an abiding place. It's me and God. It's a personal thing. It's glory now what do you want from me do you need me to look and i need to get rid of this because he's going to also tell us we ain't so wonderful and then you got to realize and you got to go back and say you know what i'm sorry i probably didn't do this right and i probably didn't say that right i didn't mean it like that but he's going to give us insight because he's it's a purpose that he has in us and he doesn't want anything to contaminate that purpose. So part of that is also going to be showing us ourselves and the pursuit of joy in God is not optional, right? It's not an extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith, the pursuit of joy. We, 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 we can have this joy when you don't feel much fulfillment in life. If you go about your days, this other point is when you don't feel much fulfillment in life, when you go about your days experiencing little fulfillment, right? You may be wandering from your God-given purpose. Fulfillment comes from doing rewarding, meaningful, and purposeful things, right? Um, from a job that taps into your skills and passions, from a relationship that involves giving and receiving. You know, you may have hobbies that are invigorating, Um you may do things, certain things that are boring and unfulfilling, but if your entire life is gray, then you probably need a change because you're not tapping into that fullness, that that purpose that he wants you to experience. And that only comes from abiding in him. That only comes from God itself. Um, and there's a requirement. We're going to go through that. There's things that we will have to do to press in to get to that place. Um, also, your work 
you know, it, another point is you work so that you don't have to work, right? So you know the feeling of pointless work. You go to the office, you do your job, you clock in, you do your job, you go home, you take a shower, you collapse. You just, you know, in front of the TV. And so you work, you work for the weekends and for retirement, basically. There's, there's no true joy you experience that comes from the things outside of work, right? There's, there's no true joy. And so that's another sign that you, you're not in that purpose. You, you're not living in the purpose that God has for you. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, and I commend joy for man has nothing better under the sun, but to eat and drink and be joyful for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Right? So would you say that this kind of joy characterizes your life and your work? Right? Because if not, you may need to rethink where you're headed. Because he says in, in the scripture here, and I commend joy for man has nothing better under the sun, but to eat and be joyful. So we want to be mindful of that. The next topic, the next point is you feel stuck. You know, if you desperately want to change, but you also you also feel like you're totally stuck in life, that there's certainly a sign that you're not wanting, you're not walking according to, um, I'm sorry, it's, it's almost like you're not walking according to God's purpose. Like if you feel stuck, then this is a sign. Right. Because those who are stuck want to go into a particular um, direction, but don't know how to get there. Right. They want to move. They want to go forward, but they have no idea because really they're in this natural realm and they haven't tapped into the spiritual part that God has for them. And so if you, you find constantly see you're going around, your, your, your wheels are spinning, you feel endlessly frustrated. Um, and you don't know how to bring that frustration to an end, you're trapped, basically. That's a trap. And so you'll go through our life feeling stuck, feeling like, oh, I'm trying, but nothing's happening. I'm moving, but nothing's going right for me. And then everything else seems to go right for other people. And again, this is a tactic of the enemy because you're constantly looking at other people instead of looking at what God wants to do in your life. Just because the grass seemed greener doesn't mean it is. We hear that saying a lot. And so just because we feel like, oh, this person has a six or seven figure job and this person have this type of house and their husband, are they really living in God's purpose? And if they are living in God's purpose, right? Let's be mindful of this. There was a submission that had to happen. There was a sacrifice and obedience, obedience that had to take place in the believer's life. So we want a lot of things, but do we truly want to sacrifice is the question. We want to, we want to experience this joy, but there's a sacrifice to getting our true purpose in God. And it doesn't stop because... We, we, we're going to go through the next six um, ways on how to regain a purpose, but it doesn't stop when you do get your purpose. It doesn't stop when God starts to identify to you what are, what are, the, what are your purpose, what are, what is your purpose or are your purposes, 
Some people have more than one. So we need to be mindful of that. Let's not keep our eyes so focused on others, but let's keep our eyes focused to the author and the finisher of our faith. The next one, when you feel like you have uh, what is what is going on, there's no purpose, you have no direction, right? So if you don't know God's purpose for your life, you constantly feel a sense of aimlessness. You feel as though you were wandering from one thing without any forward progress. And a lot of these are coinciding. I don't know if you guys are hearing me, but a lot of it is the same. Nothing excites you. You don't have any specific goals you're working toward. You know, um, I remember as a young girl, my mom would always say, you know, write down your goals. I was 13 or 14. And she would say, write the things down that you would want to see happen in your life. Pray over Jackie. You know, I was young, would go to church, but I never thought like, oh, you know, this is going to really happen. But as I got older and I really started reading my word and I started to see how the scripture even says, you know, um, write the vision, make it plain. It was like, oh, okay, this is real, you know? And so Habakkuk 2 says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it right? And so um, a lot of times, you know, we're not realizing that the word of God is our roadmap. It is our roadmap, right? And in Habakkuk uh, 2 and 3, it says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. But behold, his son, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So I want to encourage you tonight that, you know, the vision is going to, it, it, if God give, gave you this purpose, you know, you, you don't, you're going to have direction. You're going to have those things and a purpose that's going to come into your life. Um, nothing excites you and you don't have any specific goals that you're working towards is a sign of no direction unlike the israelites who wandered for 40 years yet still had a goal their goal was the promised land right we got to have a goal in front of us so i want to encourage you to write the vision and make it plain now let's talk about the six ways to regain purpose the six ways to regain your purpose Okay, here are six ways to discover God's purpose for your life. Number one, we want to go to God in prayer. We, we, we have to understand, again, that this is obvious. If you feel purposeless, ask God to give you wisdom and direction. James 1 and 5 states, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Now, this is crazy, ridiculous, incredible news. I, I get excited about this because every time I was in a position where I lacked anything, when I got to know that this was a promise, that this right here, I can ask him and he can give it to me liberally without reproach. Meaning he not going to look at what I just did. He ain't going to look at what I just said without reproach and it will be given him. Come on now. Do we really understand the power that we have as a child of God? 
that we don't have to lack anything. If we don't know something to do on that job, you sitting there trying to figure it out. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom. See, we got to realize that God has all things. He knows all things and he's all powerful. Now, he wants to give us a purpose. I don't want you sitting here thinking like, okay, I'm hearing this again, but what is my purpose? He wants to give you a purpose. He wants to bestow divine wisdom on you. It's not like God is holding out to make you feel miserable. He desires for you to have a joyful, ambitious, and purposeful life. Okay? Ask God for purpose and expect him to give it to you. Go to him in prayer. Go to God in prayer. I encourage you tonight. I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus, those that will listen, those that are listening, will have a spirit of prayer fall on them like never before. And Father, we thank you that as they pray, that you, Lord God, will help them to even speak to you, Lord God, from their heart. Lord God, to put away the things of people and things that they've seen, but then they will come to you, God, and they will search your ways and your heart, God, that you will get the glory out of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's look at the next point. Dig into God's word. The primary way God speaks to us is through the word of God. People of God, hear me closely. The primary way that God speaks to us is through the word of God. This means that one of the first things you should do in your search for God's purpose is to start digging into the scripture. So many times we can read every other book. We read all these different books from even if they're from theologians or we read all these books, but are we reading the scriptures? Are we reading the holy scriptures that has been written for us to be inspired by? Now, you won't find any verse that tells you you're going to become a dance instructor or a painter, but by reading the word of God, you will start to understand the heart of God. And when you read, ask God to come and enlighten you, to give you revelation before you read, pray. Ask God to show you in his word what the, what it is he's trying to reveal to you and get into your heart. Because we can read, but if we don't let it, Bible say, meditate on his word day and night. If we don't let it meditate, if we don't get it down in our heart that we can think it, see it, be it, live it, then it's null and void, Right? When you had to study to become a nurse, when you had to study to become a, a lawyer, when you had to study, study, study for whatever it was, profession, a teacher, you had to get it, not just in your head, you had to get it in your heart. Okay. Now, when I cut up, when I cut open this person's heart, you had to understand in your heart that, okay, I'm about to do surgery. When I open this body up, there's things that I need to do. And you had to understand those steps. And understand it in just not in your mind, but in your heart, that it will be bring an understanding that you can now complete the task. That's how God wants us to be. He wanted in our heart and in our mind so that we can complete the task successfully and effectively, that we will live it. Because the power ain't in knowing it, it's the power comes in living it. Okay, so in Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Glory be to God and a light to my path. God's words brings light to paths that otherwise seems dark. So in the Bible, in the word of God, you learn how to live wisely in God's world, which is the first step towards finding your purpose. We got to dig into his word. 
And that goes for myself too. Next, we want to determine your gifts and your strengths, right? God has given us all very specific gifts and strengths. He's given it to you. He's given it to me. I remember uh, when I was 11 years old and I was into my children's Sunday school. And one of the deacons came downstairs in the church and he said, Jackie, I need you to come upstairs in the adult Sunday school and take minutes. And I'll never forget, I was 11 and I walked upstairs. God bless Deacon Rainey's heart. And I said to him, okay. And he gave me a book, composition book. He said, just write the, the date, write the Sunday school lesson and write who's teaching it. Now I'm about to go somewhere with this. I'm using my own testimony. I did exactly what he said. I wrote down each topic, each verse, the scripture. And afterwards, he said, oh, wow, you did an awesome job. You have you written down more than, than I thought you could. You remember. Who would have known at 11 years old, God was using me in the capacity of one of my gifts, which is administration. And... I love when I was doing it. I, I mean, every Sunday, I, I used to kind of drag my feet going to Sunday school. But when I knew I was taking minutes at the adult Sunday school lesson, man, I was I was ironing my clothes for church the night before. I would make sure my little curls and my bangs had my rollers in it. I wanted to look presentable because I was sitting in the front of the church with the older people. And not only that, not only was I taking minutes, y'all, I was learning God's word even more because I would read my Sunday school book for the whole week. The whole month was, I read that in a week, literally. So God knew what I was doing, I guess, behind the scenes. I was reading all my Sunday school lessons ahead of time. And then he was giving me more. And then when I was sitting adult Sunday school, I would write their minutes out. And then I would look back at the scripture like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Glory be to God. I received the Holy Spirit at the age of 12. But I'm saying that to say at 11 years old, God has started honing in on my gift to know years later, 10, 15 years later, I will, I will be working for CEOs. I, I was I was an executive assistant, a senior executive assistant. I was named a special. I had, at one point, I had a position title that was titled special assistant. I never even heard a job that was titled special assistant for a CEO, for a chief medical officer, for chairs, for deans. You know, I worked in these capacities at such a young age. And a lot of times I would go on an interview and I would feel like I don't know everything, but God, I knew one thing. And I would say, God, you let me experience learning how to work in this gift at 11. If you will let me learn it, I was being taught at 11. You can teach me at 25 and 30, right? So I, I had a level of faith in him on what he put on the inside of me that he was going to get the glory out of my life. And he did. In every position I've ever held. I tell you, it has not, it has been nothing but God's power and insight to teach me, I mean, intricate type 
situations where I've sat with quadruple board of board certified physicians and people with that were renowned that went you know travel to Egypt and in Lebanon and Israel and these are doctors I'm saying because most of my background has been in the hospital setting and they literally would tell me I was just as prestigious as they were because of the gift that God put on the inside of me. If I didn't sit in a meeting with them and hear and sat there to hear what they heard, they didn't want to have a meeting because it was something about how I heard it and then how I communicated that on paper. And they would come to me and say, Jackie, but how did you hear it? And I would go back to my minutes and I would say, well, Dr. You know, Baron, you said A, B, and C, and Dr. Dubin, you said X, Y, and Z, and, you know, I would bring it together. And they felt, they made me feel and told me that I was just as worthy and part of this team as they were. They had maybe five or six board certifications, and I may have had one degree, but my gift put me before great people. And so I don't want you tonight to feel that the things that God has given you is minute, that it has no effect, that it it, it is not viable. God doesn't make mistakes. I've never been without because of my gift, literally, never. But I lay it at his feet because I know who blessed me with it, with it. I know where my help come from and I know who my provider is. So although I've assisted high level executives, I will assist anyone because he seemed for Jackie, little old Jackie at 11 years old to use this gift and put me before great people. And I count every person great in the kingdom of God. So if I can serve and help any and everyone, that's just what I will do. So I want to encourage you tonight because I know the enemy has um, deterred a lot of us to think that um, we're not worthy and that I don't, I, I may, I may have this gift of, of, of knowing how to fix a car. I may have this gift of, of knowing how to uh, do hair, um, but I'm not a, I'm not this stylist. That's a, a celebrity stylist. Well, I don't run a, 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 auto mechanic shop for foreign cars, BMWs, whatever, but that doesn't matter because as long as you're serving and you're doing it unto God and you're blessing his people, he's going to provide for you. And you can make six, seven figures just like uh, someone who is doing it for celebrities because he is our provider. The other thing I want you to know is that a lot of times when people, when you felt abandoned, when you felt like giving up, when you felt people treated you so wrong, you have to understand that that's a strategy of the enemy and the enemy will come to wear you down where you don't even realize that you have a gift, that you don't even realize that that smile you have on your face is a gift, that the laugh you, you, the way you laugh could be a gift. The way you make people laugh through comedy, through jokes, through being funny, that is a gift. That is a gift. The Lord wants us to have a merry heart. So those that help us to have a merry heart, they are gifts that comes to us 
comedians, our gifts, beauticians, everyone has this gift. Everyone. We all can't do, I can't uh, put together a bookcase. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. So when people come in my home and put a bookcase together in like 30 minutes, oh my gosh. I'm like, you're a miracle, <laughs> you know? But they may think, oh, this, this is nothing. No, that is a gift. So I want you to be encouraged to understand that the enemy comes to wear us down where we don't even, we may not even see that. But I came tonight to declare and decree that this day forward, you will start to recognize the gifts that God has put in you. You will start to recognize the tricks and the devices of the enemy and how he has come against you and try to wear you down. He no longer has that power and that authority. I come in the authority of Jesus Christ that you now will walk in your spiritual and your natural and all of the gifts that God has given you and in those strengths in Jesus name. We thank you, Father. So I want you to be mindful. You may have a mind for electronics. You may have a mind for business. You may be great at organizing, getting things done. Your purpose may be involved in bringing people together. Some people are very uh, gifted in knowing how to bring people together. So that is uh, one area where you need to know to identify through prayer reading your word now we identifying your gifts and your strengths okay thank you lord for that and father we thank you we thank you we thank you now we want to touch on the next topic which is determine your passions what is one thing you're particularly passionate about like really this could be anything like business art economics alleviating poverty, whatever it is, if money was not an issue, what would you love to do? What would you love to do? Um, so you need to ask yourself that question. Go to God in prayer and ask yourself, Lord, if money wasn't an issue, what would I love to do? What would I love to do? And start determining your passions. It can often help you figure out what God has called you to do. Because that passion, like for me, my desire one day, is to serve in the capacity of 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 a, a place of worship, like at the highest level. Like I see myself, and I'm not meaning to talk about myself. I'm I'm, be, I'm really boasting on the Lord because I'm gonna come back with a testimony. But I see myself like working in administration and and making flights for for whoever bishop such and such or pastor such and such and bringing in speakers and and coordinating you know just making sure everything inside of the house of god runs effectively because i've done it in the, in the secular world i've done it successfully hands down and i've been mentored and and people have um taught me even how to be better at the gift that I was at. I was teachable, should I say. And so discovering those passions, like I said, 11 years old, when I started knowing I was going to be the Sunday school um, secretary and taking minutes, I took, I took it so serious. <laughs> you can ask my mother. I took it so serious that it was like, if I ever had my mom on here, she's going to tell you that, I mean, I was so excited. And that was a passion. That was a passion because not only did I like doing the administrative part, 
um, writing the notes. Eventually, I started typing them up. I like I was ordering the the Sunday school books. I was making sure everybody my deacons had a name label in there so they wouldn't lose it because they was a little older. And I had my pastor who was my aunt at the time, making sure you know I just had everybody so organized. And I started giving out a sheet of paper for their notes. They was like, "Oh wow, you, Jackie, you're really good at this thing." So I took it to a whole nother level because God was just like, "Okay, they're writing in their books. You don't supposed to write in the book." So I, I seen the need. Oh, you need a piece of paper. You need a pen. Can we order some pens? Can we order some papers? Uh, can we get labels? I need to put the names, you know. So it was like a passion for me. And that's what I want for you. I want you to find this passion. Don't think that everything has to be done for a dollar. Let me let me stop right here. Because a lot of times what we, find, we fall short is that we will think everything is about a dollar. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit just revealed that to me. It's always not about money. If you are really desiring to know your passions, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. I hear the Lord saying volunteer. If you really want to know your passion, you're going to pray. We talked about that. You're going to get in your word, right? You're going to start to identify those strengths and those gifts. And even in those strengths and those gifts, be mindful of how the enemy may use people and things to deter you or not encourage you to move forward. Because you're going to have to get a tenacity on the inside when you're wanting to know God's purpose for your life. Okay, you're going to have to know I'm following God. I love this person. I love that person. But I love God and God. You're going to have to give me this tenacity. You tell him in prayer and he will. He'll start to show you. He'll start to let things bounce off your ear and then he will allow you to move forward. But you have to be determined to go after this passion. And that passion may mean, how can I serve someone else? How can I volunteer? It may be, uh, I want to be a banquet hall. I may want to start designing um, different uh, venues. I may want to start baking, doing my own bakery. Um, It could be online. You know, you may not want a storefront. You may want to just strictly be online and, and and start that way. He'll give you ideas of pictures. He'll give you ideas on how to create your social media page. Whatever it is, serve someone else. Ask them, how do you do what you do? How can I help you? I want to do this. Be upfront. Now, don't steal nobody's idea, but be upfront and start to really understand that while you're serving, while you're volunteering, while you're giving of your time, God is going to replenish that because he is our provider, people of God. He is our provider. So you may think I'm volunteering. I'm not getting paid. Get that out your heart and out your mind. Okay, because God will give us what it is he wants for us to have. He, he'll repay us back. And we don't know how that repayment is going to be. It could be covering your husband on the road if he a truck driver. It could be covering your children while they're in school, covering them while they're driving, covering them while they're at work, covering them while they're in their apartment. You don't know. So I want us to get out of this mindset that everything is for a dollar because we're kingdom people. And whatever God has for us is for us. That time that you may serve someone may teach you how to become a billionaire. But because you was focused on, I need them to pay me $30 or $50 an hour, you're never going to get the billionaire status. You're never going to get there because of the mindset. That's what prayer helps us. See, and we got to have the mind of Christ. We got to get out of this box 
mindset and get into the mindset of I want to be used by you, Lord, however you want to use me, whatever you want to do. Cause I know while I'm doing what you tell me to do, you're going to, you're going to now show me some things that I need to do for your glory, not for our glory, for his glory. Cause we can come back and say, there was one time I didn't know my purpose, right? I had to ask the same question. I had to do the same thing. But now that I know, I want everyone to know their purpose because it's awesome and it's a blessing to know, to live, and to walk in it. Now, the next option, the next point I want to bring out. Um, Let me back up for one minute. Determine your passion. Often, um, God works at the intersection of our gifts and our passion. So, you want to ask, where do your gifts meet your passions? Okay. Where do your gifts meet your passions? So my gifts, like I said, in administration, when people ask me, I'm passionate about it. I want to see, oh, you need help? I want to see where, what is their problem? Cause if, cause see, this is the thing. If I don't understand totally what the problem is, all I got to do is ask the Lord. Cause he said, he's going to give us wisdom. You understand what I'm saying? And then what'll happen is I'm going to be honest. He gets the glory, but he shares some of that glory with us because now people are like, oh my gosh, thank you for coming and helping me. But see, we got to be faithful enough to say, yeah, God helped me. God revealed it to me for you. See, we got to be willing people of God. We got to be willing. We can't, we got to get out of this mindset of wanting to be um, glorified. Now, of course, we I'm not going to say thank you. Yeah, I put in some hard time. Thank you. Yeah, I worked hard, you know, but I'm able to also say, guess what? I didn't know everything. I knew probably 75% from education, expertise, and but that other part, that was God. That was God. The icing on the cake, the super on the natural. I'm not ashamed to say it. Cause he's been so good. He's been so good. He's been so good <laughs> when I tell you. So it's a pleasure to give that glory, all of it back to him. Cause when he know he can trust us, he can keep giving us more. He can keep giving us more. He said, Oh, I'll make, th- I'm make that crooked way straight. Cause guess what? When that person come and pat them on the back, they going to say, it was God. To God be the glory. Glory be to God. That's my favorite line. Now, we want to bring others into our lives. That's the other point. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In other words, one of the main ways God will help you find your purpose is through others. Okay? And so we need to be mindful that we should have counselors who we can trust, whether this is your professors, your parents, your friends, it needs to be people who have your back and want the best for you. Now, a lot of times what we find people of God is that we want everyone telling us wonderful things about us, but we need to be mindful. It says where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. So please be mindful 
that when someone is teaching you, when someone is counseling you, when someone is guiding you, it is not going to always sound wonderful. It's not. But they mean well because God is speaking through them and wanting them what he's wanting you to stay in a place of safety. Everything. Now, if I wasn't a teachable person, if I wasn't submitting to God, I would have looked at it. What she mean? I don't have to do everything. But I didn't take it that way. I took it like, thank you, Lord, for speaking through her. Because even though I wasn't trying to do everything, I may not even understand what I'm doing. And then it came across to me, you are trying to do everything. And the Lord needed to speak through her. And when she told me that, I said, thank you, Lord, because just the week before the Lord told me once a month, I need you to do take a break. And then when she came, it was confirmation because we need to also know that God will confirm his word when he speak to us. And I just was like, thank you, Father. I know that came from you. And when she did it, I just felt like, huh, <laughs> like, Usa. So I just want to encourage you. Every time you hear guidance, every time you hear counseling, every time you hear someone speaking to you, doesn't mean they're trying to hurt you. It means they're keeping you in a place of safety. Because God wants the best for you. And he will send wise counselors to help you in your purpose. Amen. Be encouraged, people of God. Be open. Be teachable. And let's not take everything that someone says as negative. We have to have, and that comes through reading the word, we have to understand the heart of God. Amen. The next point in regaining your purpose, understanding this purpose is solitude retreat. Just see how these are all intertwining with each other. Solitude retreat. Sometimes it's helpful to get away. Take a break. Think. Pray. Journal. You don't have to spend a week in the woods or anything, but I'm just saying just a day away from the hustle and bustle. It can be rewarding. Like I said, God had just mentioned, talk, Holy Spirit, let me know. You need a break. You need a break. So during the retreats, allow yourself to be simple. We got to remember it's wonderful to pray. It's wonderful to read the word. It's wonderful to fast. None of those things do not contradict it. However, it is also wonderful to meditate because this is where you ask God for direction and listen to his voice. And that is one of the biggest signs you need with your purpose because God is constantly speaking. And so as he's speaking, you want to be seeking him. You want to be getting revelation from him. You want to be getting insight from him. You can't get that being busy 24-7. I'm sorry. You can't get that ripping and running and everywhere and everywhere for everybody and doing this, that, and the third. You can't get that. You got to get in a quiet place. Even Jesus went. He went away. By himself to pray. By himself. And he prayed. So we are to model him. It's nothing wrong with that. 
We need to understand we don't have to be, it don't have to be complicated. Listen, we don't do any ridiculous rituals, you know. We could go to God in prayer anytime and any any anytime. We don't have to do the north, the east, the south, and the west, praying, turning, three, six, nine. We don't have to do that. We have freedom to go to him. We can enter in. Thank you, Father. We is no longer a priest that's going in for us. We can go in. We can pray and get into those holy of holies. Hebrew eleven six says, is a reminder that God always reward those who seek him. He's not hiding in the dark. He's not trying to stay hidden from you. He wants to guide you. And then last but not least, in the end, we have to trust God. Trying to discover your purpose can be stressful, but it can seem like a, a big, confusing, frustrating problem. And, but you find yourself, you know, you want to move forward, but you're not sure how. So you want to find your purpose, but you feel like you're aimlessly wondering. You have to trust God. You have to know that God is going to lead you where he wants you to go. Like David said in Psalms 23, 2 and 3, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesakes. Namesake. You may feel confused. But people of God do know God doesn't. He's not confused. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And he's going to accomplish it if you're willing to allow yourself to submit to him. He's not confused about your purpose. But even though you may be, there are tactics and ways. Six, Those six ways we said, go to God in prayer. Dig into God's word. Determine your gifts and strengths. Determine your passions. Bring others into your life. You need an abundance of counselors to keep you in safety. And then take a solitude retreat and then trust God. Our faith, the just shall live by faith. And so we got to have faith. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him. And he will give us the desires of our heart. Trust in God. We can never go wrong. We can never um, go wrong by trusting in him. And he's not a man that he that he should lie. So we just need to know that if he said it, he'll do it. You know, if he said it, he will do it. He said, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. In Isaiah 4.10, you know, um, he loves us. He wants the best for us. He'll never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, according to Hebrews 13 and 8. You know, he said, do not be afraid of bad news for your heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. And God is a source of courage. He said, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He said, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Not he may act or he might act. He said he will act according to Psalms 37 and 5. You may not understand a difficult or uncertain situation, but God does. His, his he, he knows. And his track, track record in your life and in the word of God is one of faithfulness. So if you give your life to him, you can rest assured. That he will keep up his end of the bargain. God cannot lie. So when he says he will act on your behalf, you can you can believe him. You can believe him. 
He said, so do not fear, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, according to Isaiah 41 and 10. He said, I, for the word of God is right and true. He is faithful in all he does, in Psalms 33 and 4. And God is a good shepherd. He said, I know my own, and my own know me. Okay, he's working it out for our good. We know that all things God is working for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's in Romans 8, 28. You know, he cares about the plans he had for our lives. His will is for you to know him through a relationship with Jesus and to love him and others as you grow to be more like Christ. He promises that no matter what wonderful or terrible thing come your way, he will work them out to make you more like him and establish your place in the kingdom. He can restore anything broken, anything. And he is always at work on behalf of those that love him. He loves us. He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you know by worrying add a single hour to your life? In Matthew 6, 26 and 7. So if he cares for his creations, he cares for the animals and the plants. How do you think he won't care about you? Okay, he has a strategy and he's a safe place. It says trust in him at all times, at all times, for God is our refuge. A refuge is a safe place to run, a safe place amid chaos. So God says you can trust him and put everything in his hand because he is powerful, reliable and consistent. He knows us personally. He knows us. And Jesus assures our troubled hearts. Let not our hearts be troubled. See, purpose. When we go and submit to him, these are the things he wants to prove to us. There's a confidence when we, we can have when we approach him. If we ask anything according to his will, to his will, not our will, he hears us. That's in 1 John 5, 14. So God's will is for you to know him through a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Trust in God, not in things. Some trust in chariots, the word of God said. Some trust in horses. <laughs> but we trust, hallelujah, in the name of the Lord our God. Psalms 20:17. Keep your focus on God, for he will keep you in perfect peace, whose minds are stayed on him, because they trust in you. They trust in God. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal isaiah 26 3 and 4 when you afraid turn to him he said it says in psalms 56 3 when i am afraid i put my trust in you okay trust in god and not in people it said it is better to take refuge in the lord than to trust in humans that's psalms 118 8 okay because jesus did he did some things for us God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Trusting in God brings blessings. It says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. We're going to get this purpose. We're going to run after this. I declare and decree tonight, you're running after your purpose, and you're going to get exactly what God has for you. You're going to look to the promise of heaven. 
The Lord will rescue me and you from every evil attack and will bring us safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. That's 2 Timothy 4 and 18. Okay, so we just want to continue to believe God for supernatural uh, insight as we continue to walk with him and talk with him and let his word get on the inside of us. We just want to continue. We're going to talk one day about the five spiritual disciplines to help grow your walk with God. There's going to be some discipline now that you need to implement in this walk with finding your purpose. There's going to have to be some spiritual disciplines that God now want to encounter and and develop in you as you come after him and walk after him. Okay. And we're going to go into that even more. We're going to talk about praying and fasting and worship and his word and journaling and, and those things that will bring about spiritual growth in your lives. We want to talk about, uh, spiritual disciplines to even strengthen your faith. You know, you need faith to run this race. And so your faith needs to be unwavering, strong, and and, and in the hands of the Lord. And so tonight, I just want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you all for um, staying on and listening in and um, knowing that God is uh, hearing your prayers, um, that God is going to do exactly those things that you are asking him to do as you submit to him. And that um, eventually and sooner than later, you're going to continue to know that, um, yeah, your purpose is going to come to fruition. There's not going to be any hindrance and um, there's not going to be any backlash or retaliation in the name of Jesus. We pray that uh, you will uh, continue to trust in the Lord, that you will continue to um, have a deeper prayer life, get in your word, look for those strengths and those passions. Um, just continue to do those things that God has called you to do. And tonight, if you're not saving and you're listening to this podcast, I challenge you tonight to give your heart to God. There's no better, no better life. Will you still have issues? Yes, but they're not going to be like, uh, without his help. They're not going to be the same. The Bible says in Romans 10, nine through 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. So we thank you tonight, God, and we going to just pray this prayer for anyone that want to give their hearts to Christ tonight. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your name, God. We thank you for allowing um, these this this mouth, this this mouth, God, to be used for your glory, Father. We thank you. Father, we pray right now for those that will love to give their hearts to Christ. Please repeat after me. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For For you know my transgressions and my sin is always before you. Against you only have I sinned and done what was evil in your sight. So now, God, I ask that you would forgive me and clean me with hyssop, that I will be clean and wash me, that I'll be whiter than slow snow. Create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, Father. And I thank you now, Lord God, that I am able, Lord God, to come and confess my complete helplessness to forgive me my own sin. 
You forgive me of my sins, Father. And at this minute, I trust you, Lord, that you died on the cross, God. And I thank you that you was raised up from the dead as a guarantee of my of my resurrection. And now, Lord God, I trust you. And I'm grateful that you promised me, Lord God, that I can come into this new life with you, Father. I thank you now, God, for forgiving me and for helping me, Lord God. I admit that I am a sinner and I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin and recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer. I thank you now, Father, for saving me. And it is in Jesus' name that I live. Amen. If you said that, you are saved for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one shall boast. Titus even said it in 3 and 5, Titus 3 and 5. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 10 and 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved hallelujah for those that repeated after me that you believe in your heart that you believe in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead and you confessed it with your mouth you have to have a confession out of that mouth you are saved and welcome into the new family of god jesus christ we give god praise tonight and the angels are rejoicing hallelujah i thank you again for joining me on this podcast i pray that this has been a blessing to you as it has been to me i decree and declare that you are walking in your purpose i decree and declare that you are going to pray like you've never prayed before I decree and declare that you're going to open up your word, that you are opening up. God is revealing to him, you, his heart, through his word. I decree and declare that you are going to have so much, so many people coming down and speaking of the great things that God has put on the inside of you and that you're going to go forth in the joy of the Lord, that that thing that had you tired and, and frustrated and, and with no energy, you're going to have a smile on your face. Your feet going to be lighter. Your dance going to be lighter. Your smile going to be lighter. Your face going to be lighter. Thank you, Father, for blessing your people tonight. God, I give you praise and I give you glory. There is none like you in all of the earth. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being on this podcast with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, I encourage you tonight that if you have a prayer request, feel free to reach out. Email me at kingdompower0916 at gmail.com. Kingdompower0916. 0916 at gmail.com. And I just want to encourage you to share this broadcast with someone you know. Pass it on because other people need to hear this. See, people are in the world today and even in the body of Christ, and they don't know their purpose, people of God. So it is our due diligence to God to pass this on so that they will know that there is better. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. We give you praise. Oh, God, we give you praise. So I thank you again for joining the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. 
myself, Jackie Wade, and we are going to dig deeper. As I mentioned, we're going to get into those spiritual, um, those spiritual disciplines. Now that we found out how to get to that purpose, we're going to get into the spiritual disciplines that God want us to get into. Amen. I thank God for you again. Thank you for joining the Remnant Podcast. Listen, be blessed. And uh, we will be back on as the Lord say so. I love you with the love of the Lord. And again, just share this broadcast. Subscribe to this broadcast and uh, subscribe to our Facebook page, the Remnant Podcast. Um, you will see the same, uh, little icon as you ha- see here on the, on this podcast. So subscribe and feel free to send some, um, messages over to your loved ones and your friends and tell them su- to subscribe as well. We love you. Have a blessed night and just know God is in control. He's waiting on you to seek him with all of your heart that your purpose in y- for your life will be found. He's waiting. Be blessed, people of God. I love you. Good evening.